Welcome. For, we're live. To the Muscle Science well, for Women podcast. Live podcast number two. And Woo-hoo! we just decided to come on and chat um, without any guests for a, a hot minute before they show up. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's fun to do. So quickly, before yeah. we get into the meat and potatoes holiday meals of this episode you had a dream that you wanted to tell me about and i really want to hear it okay let's go okay i'm gonna try to give like the synopsis version because i don't remember it super clear i should have told you it when i had it on monday that's always sunday night i had it so anyway i was in canada and Mm -hmm. you lived you live in an apartment building Okay. So we were in Canada, but it felt like more like we were in New York. Okay, weird. can I stop you already? Because there are multi-million people cities in Canada that have apartment buildings, and it looks like a big city because it is a big city. Have you ever been to Toronto? Okay, moving on. Continue. I think when I was younger. Anyway, so I don't know. I was visiting you, and... I don't remember the first part of it, but I remember that like, I was like, all right, I want to make you squash. (laughs) This This whole dream is about squash. That checks out. I was like, it's squash season. Like, I want to make you squash. So I like go to the grocery store and come back with literally probably 20 pounds of squash. And you're just like, you're just dying laughing because it's like not even anything abnormal to you because you just know that like I would do that. Um, and so then I start making the squash and I'm like, you know, your whole kitchen taking over the oven and everything and the squash is made and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. And then your husband was going to go to like his gym. And I was like, all right, I'll just stay here with the squash. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, okay, squash is done. I'm going to go to the gym now. And so I leave, but I forgot that like there was another oven that there was squash in and I locked Did myself out of the apartment. Did you burn down my apartment? No, <laughs> no, but I locked myself out of the apartment and I was like, shit, like Ashley's working out. I don't want to interrupt her, but I also don't want to burn down her house. And uh, I don't remember the in-betweens, but somehow I ended up on the subway and going to meet you at your gym. And then you were like not picking up your phone so i had to like call your husband and interrupt his workout and it was all because the squash was burning in the oven and then i woke up and that was it that i remember i think it was a little bit better than what i remember i wish i would have told you two days ago i love this dream here are a couple reasons why i love it one because except for the forgetting the oven thing because you don't strike me as a forgetful person this reads like exactly what would happen if you come to visit me like you just go out buy 20 pounds of squash and make it and then the fact that we're all going to the gym and we're going separately because we can't be bothered to work out with each other like all of this sounds like very realistic (laughs) yeah and then i love the other thing i love about this is the meathead mentality that you're like, okay, so her place might be burning down, but I really don't want to interrupt her workout. <laughs> Literally, that's what I was thinking. I love it. I love everything I was like, about she's gonna that. She's going to be so pissed if the squash interrupts her workout. Oh, God. It's just the, 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 re- the realism of that dream is just incredible to me. It's just beautiful. <sighs> anyway, I yeah. appreciate it. I hope that it doesn't go down exactly like that when you come to visit, because, you know, I'd prefer not to have, like, any kitchen fires, but... You will be making a squash because the other day we just bought, I bought some more of that like honey butternut, like those little super Mm -hmm. sweet ones. And they were like stringy and not that good. And I'm like, it's impossible to tell from the outside whether they're good or not. It stresses me out now. It is. It's 
yeah, sometimes when I get bad squash, I'm like, my day is ruined. It's, it's but the worst. then I just go buy more. So I guess. I guess that's the answer. Okay. Before we start, I have one um, question that I want to ask you. And then I want and I want to crowdsource our listeners and feel free to send me a DM, respond, send us an email at muscle for the number four women at gmail.com. Question. And tell me the truth. Okay. Don't mm-hmm. just say to be nice to me. Tell me what you really think is true. So I've noticed the last few days I've been going to the gym. Actually, I've noticed this for a while, but it's just kind of coming to me right now. There's like a lot of buff, strong women at my gym. I love it. I just see these women just crushing workouts, strength Mm -hmm. workouts, upper body workouts. I'm loving it. I'm seeing a fair number of younger women, especially like women in their 20s, um, attempting working on pull-ups, right? And some of them are doing better than others, whatever, they're working on it. I want to to go up to some of them and be like, hey, like, that's awesome. I love that you're doing pull-ups. Like, I ha- I know a thing or two. Like, I have a program, but I want basically the gist is I want to give some of these women my program, but I don't want to be the weirdo who comes up to a stranger and gives unsolicited advice. I don't, I just don't want to like irritate people. Like I know I've had my fair share of people. Usually it's dudes though that annoy me that come up to you out of nowhere and are like, Hey, let me help you with something like, you know? Um, yeah. But I kind of feel like women generally, like once you approach each other and like talk and like are complimentary and positive in the gym, most women are pretty happy to talk to each other, even if they're not really interested in like Mm -hmm. being friends or working out or whatever. But I just see a lot of these women and I'm like, I know that this program could benefit you. Like, I think that there isn't enough like actual movement specific programming out there for things like pull-ups that women are exposed to. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like it would be beneficial. So my question is, do you think if I get like a good vibe that I should like approach some of these women and talk to them? Or do you think I should just leave them alone? I think if you get a good vibe that you can approach them, I think that a woman approaching a woman is more acceptable in my eyes. I guess like if a woman came up to me, first of all, I don't know what I would think, but I'm like, you know, whatever. You're less likely to be like, oh God, what's going to happen here? Yeah. Yeah. Versus a guy. Yeah. Um, I think if your gut is there and it's like, listen, I'm going to do it. Just do it. Listen to your gut. Um, you could also, like, I don't know what your gym is like. Some gyms are weird like this, but you could also, like, ask your gym owner if you could, you know, leave a flyer or, like, a card mm. at the thing that, at the front desk that says, like, if anybody's interested in, you know, getting pull-ups, check this out. I got a whole program or whatever. That's the only another reason easy I way. feel like they wouldn't is because it's, like, it's a big globo gym with their own trainers and coaches so like they Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't necessarily want to promote like an outside person's program yeah um but i don't know maybe like i feel like with some of these women it's like we all go the same time like we see each other multiple times a week like sometimes you know you smile or say a word or whatever like it's not you know so you could i would say like you could start the instead of just going up to me like hey like take my program Come on, I have a little bit more time. I know, more no, I know, yeah. I know. I'm kidding. But you could like have a different conversation, and then like the next time, you could be like, "Oh, like I have this thing that I think that you're gonna like." Yeah. Don't say it that creepily because that was a little. <laughs> <laughs> you should not be approaching people in the gym. 
Don't worry, I don't. I literally have my like today. Really think you're I have gonna my like. hat as far down as possible, and yeah. I'm just like, I'm not talking to anybody. Uh, um, I mean, people again. probably think I'm so fucking rude, so yeah. freaking rude. I mean, because I just like I'm like bitch face. Like, what's the word? What, resting bitch face? Like the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I think we most of us are like that. But in my very long experience in the gym, like. I've been like that to people and then women have come up to me and like asked me questions and I'm always super friendly and willing to help. And like every once mm-hmm. in a while I'll, you know, have a conversation with somebody and they'll be kind of like, you know, look bitchy and then they'll be super friendly to talk to because we're all there for like a reason. Yeah. We're focused, you know? Um, but yeah, like I, and again, I'd be giving it to them for free. Like I know these aren't people who are like following me on Instagram. They're just people in the gym working on a similar thing that I feel Mm -hmm. like I could maybe help them with. So anyway, okay. So what you're saying is maybe if you get a good vibe, chat them up. Yeah. Don't be too creepy. And again, Mm -hmm. it's like, I, I would even like, I wouldn't give them like a hard sell. I'd just be like, hey, like just so you know, I'm like legit, like here's my Instagram, you can follow me, I'll send you the program if you want. So it's like open-ended so they don't have to or whatever. Yeah, Um, I like that. Okay. Yeah, because I just think and part, um, of it, part of it, too, is like it's like building community. It's like we go to these gyms every day. We might see the same people every day, but we don't necessarily talk to them. And it's like, why not? Right. If we can be helping each mm-hmm. other. And it's like what we're trying to do on Instagram and in our podcast. I want to try to do a little bit in real life. You know? Yeah. Anyway. No, I agree. And I like I kind of want to get a little bit out of my comfort zone and like start talking to more people, too, because it's like it's it's why not good to be social you know yeah um okay bef- we have some people in the waiting room um before we let everybody in do we want to just quickly mention our sponsor for this episode yep yep our sponsor is active stacks the amazing amazing high quality protein powder that we have been making copious ice cream recipes from yes. as of late um actually i haven't really made one in the last couple of weeks i made like the Halloween candy one with the vanilla active mm-hmm. stacks. It was really good. But we have to talk offline about the uh, add-ins ninja creamy thing because I almost broke it. Anyway, have you made anything recently with delicious active um, stacks? Yeah, I mean, I make something pretty much every night, but I, I've been keeping it simple. The same kind of recipes that I've been doing. So I do, like I switch off between the vanilla and chocolate. Like mm. one night I'll do vanilla, one night chocolate. I'll do like the hazelnuts. So it's like chocolate hazelnut. Um, in the vanilla, I'll add like chocolate chips or cacao nibs, um, different nuts. I was getting pretty crazy and I added some rainbow sprinkles Okay. Uh, the other night. And that was pretty nice Delish. because it was just sugar. But it was like, you know, like when you have, I don't know, there's something about sprinkles that just like makes it better. Good for the morale. Yeah, And the good thing about Active Stacks, because it's a beef protein, um, people who have a problem with like whey proteins can mm-hmm. generally tolerate it. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so we have a discount. It's MSW10. We'll get you 10% off your purchase at ActiveStacks.com. If you have any questions about the products, about the ingredients, just send us a message. We're happy to, you know, give you any information that you need. But we have to get into this, uh, get into Let's this call. Do Let's do it. I'm going to admit everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And then we're going to kick it off because I suck at kicking it off. Let's kick it off. Let's do it. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. In the house. Happy Wednesday. Please feel free to show your faces. You don't have to, but we like to see your beautiful faces. 
Um, and we'll just, yes. if you can, try to keep yourself muted just so that we have um, the best sound quality possible here. Um, okay, well, let's not wait because people are probably going to come in and out throughout the call. So let's just dive mm -hmm. into it because we do have a lot to talk about. Um, as you guys know, because we've been sending you emails all week, um, tonight we're going to talk <laughs> about avoiding, preventing, just discussing the idea of weight gain around the holidays because, you know, Halloween just happened, Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas, holidays, all of that is coming up, New Year's, you know, there's always, there's always a holiday around the corner. So let's talk about some proactive ways we can go into these holidays and also kind of more high level talk about the concept of weight gain around the holidays. Is it something we need to be fear, fearing or, or freaking out about as much as we do. Um, we can kind of get into some math, which I know Rachel is a big fan of. She's the, <laughs> she's the numbers girl. Got in the my duo. calculator ready. Yeah. She's going to talk you through some math, but, um, just like, so the quick housekeeping, if you guys have questions, we would love to have a discussion, have a chat like near the end of the call. Um, so please leave any questions or anything that comes up throughout our chat. Um, just leave it in the chat. Just send the, the message there in the chat box so we can look at it and make sure we get your questions answered. Um, anything you wanna say, anything you wanna share, that'd be great. Um, all right, so without further ado, should we just get into it? Should we just yeah. dive into the meat and potatoes Let's and cake and ice dive cream into of this it. Yeah. call? Okay, <laughs> so I have ice cream on the brain and it's your fault, Rachel. All right. Um, I always have ice cream on yeah. the brain. Okay, so before we dive into, we have a number of actual strategic, tangible kind of things you can do around the holidays to sort of manage, be proactive, um, be mindful around eating um, during a very tempting season. But before we get into that kind of more practical, straightforward stuff, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit, you know, about perspective and mindset around the holidays, right? Because it feels like it's equal parts like excitement and happiness around being able to eat treats, be with your family, kind of let loose a little bit, not worry so much, take a break from whatever your schedule normally is. And then the other equal part is like fear and trepidation and almost like pre-resignation around like, oh, I'm just gonna fall completely off the rails and it's gonna be a nightmare and I'm gonna gain weight and I do this every time. And it's like this cycle that happens. and. <laughs> um, it sucks. We don't want to feel like that, right? And it's it's this sort of black and white, all or nothing thinking that I feel like a lot of really health-minded people have. And I know Rachel and I, we've talked about this. We've gone through this. We've had this um, mindset as well. And it's something we all have to actively work against. It's, it's hard when you are someone who's so mindful um, and so into health and wellness and, and thinking about the way you eat. It's hard not to be very black or white about this stuff so we want to kind of like talk talk us all collectively down from that ledge of like it's gonna be this awful thing that we have to like plan around and and fix once the holidays are over right um mm -hmm. you know the holidays are not well there's two sides to this because on one hand we're, we want to talk about how the holidays are a small portion of our life right they're like these small little you know one or two day treats here and there that in the long run, in the midst of a consistent, healthy lifestyle, really don't have an impact. On the other side of that coin, there is always another holiday, right? There is always another reason to eat a lot, have a couple more drinks, like take a break from the gym, relax, like 
I don't know, eat foods that you know your body doesn't like. Um, it's not just the holidays. Like it's not just Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's weddings. It's vacation. Mm -hmm. It's somebody's birthday. It's like there is always something. So it's better that we try to incorporate holiday life and real life more seamlessly together than looking at these as discrete, strange, different times that need to be treated completely differently, right? Um, does that make sense, Rachel? Am I am I yeah. I'm already yeah. like I think off at a run <laughs> rambling here? It's fine. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, now it's my turn. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. I think and this is one of the the biggest things that we want to talk about today um, to kind of kick it off a little bit more is just like the perspective around things, the awareness around the holidays, um, kind of letting yourself let go of that all or nothing mindset when it comes to, you know, the holiday season, right? Um, and so I have, uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of math because I think that at least for me, I'm a numbers person. We were talking about this off air. When I see the numbers, when I hear the numbers, I'm just like, okay, this makes so much more sense because it's a little bit more concrete. Um, and I'm a data nerd. So I'm not going to pull up an Excel sheet or anything like that, but I do have I know you some want notes to. here. I want to so bad. Yeah. No, but I have some notes here. Um, so I'm going to start by just saying that typically when we're, we're thinking about the holidays, some people think about it from, you know, Halloween, October 31st to New Year's Day, which is obviously January 1st. And that's a two-month period, right? Some people will say the holidays are more so like Thanksgiving to New Year's, right? Which is just a month. But I want to kind of think about it from Halloween to January 1st, right? That is 61 days. I did I did this math before. So we have 30 days in November, 31 days in December, right? I had to look that up. 61 days. How many days out of those 61 days are the actual holidays, right? So we have Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then obviously it depends if you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah. So I believe or Hanukkah other is like holiday. Or any other, yeah, sorry, any other holiday within that. Um, or if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, like in Canada, right? You guys don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Yes, right? we do. Oh. Oh, okay. Sorry. You I guys. Um, it's I October. It's a though, different anyway. time. Okay, yeah. All right. My bad. Anyway, so getting back to it. So long story short there's only a few days within this 61 day period, right? So if we um, if we kind of do the math here, there's about like, let's say three to five days of that 61 day period, right? That's five days out of 61 days. That's very little, right? That's 88, not 80, sorry, 8%. <laughs> wow, mm -hmm. I'm not doing a good job math. Um, so we just need to kind of take that in perspective that five days out of 61 days is a very small period of time. Um, and so if we do kind of think about the stats around the holidays, there are actually stats that do show that the holiday season is the time that the people that people gain the most weight um, and keep that weight on. And it can compound over time as the seasons come and go. Right. As the holiday season come and goes each year. So the two things that actually cause people to gain that weight or that fat over the holidays is different than what most people think. And the first thing is not being aware and not having the perspective around what's going on. So the first thing is seeing, you know, let's say it's Halloween, right? And you ate a bunch of candy. You wake up the next morning and you're like, holy crap, the scale's up three pounds, right? And you're like, shit, I just gained three pounds of fat from eating a crap ton of Halloween candy, right? And this could be for the day after Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. 
but it typically starts for most people around Halloween. And it's like, okay, they wake up, they're like, crap, you know, I've gained three pounds overnight and thinking it's all fat gain when in reality, obviously, you know, we know, and we talk about this all the time in the podcast, you're not going to gain three pounds of fat overnight. That's pretty impossible. It's just water weight from the extra food, extra sodium, all that stuff, right? It will come back down in the coming days. However, if you do not have that perspective, if you're not aware of that, it's going to lead to the effort mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, well, I'm up three pounds, might as well just keep eating the Halloween candy, right? And then all of a sudden, you're weeks into it and you're like, all right, now it's Thanksgiving, might as well just eat all the Thanksgiving food, might as well just keep going for the next two months, right? So that's the number one thing is people adopt kind of this effort mindset where you're just, it's like the all or nothing, right? The second thing is, you know, instead of going back to that holidays or you know, five out of those 61 days, we start to get into that effort mindset. And then it leads to like every day being the holiday for the next 60 days. And it's like, again, okay, we're just going to, you know, eat whatever we want for the next 60 days. So this is kind of the, it's like that domino effect that happens where you, you lose the perspective, you lose the awareness, awareness of what's actually going on. And you let those, you kind of get back into the Um, like you let the scale take over, right? Things like that. And you'd let it take over your mindset. So I'm going to just do a little bit more math here and I'm going to let Ashley take over. So we, most people know that in general, to gain a pound of fat, your body needs to absorb roughly 3,500 calories above your maintenance intake. And this is a rough number. This isn't like, okay, if you eat 3,500 calories, you're automatically going to gain a pound of fat. It's a rough number, but we can use that to put things into perspective, right? Because that's what it's all about. So we know that the average woman, and this is on average, maintains somewhere between or can maintain somewhere between 1,800 to 2,800 calories per day, right? So that's on average. Obviously, there's going to be some people who are a little bit less, some people a little bit more, but it's it's a wide range, but on average, right? So even if we're on the lower range of that, you would have to eat upwards of so if you do 3,500, right, that's pound of fat, plus the lower end of that range, which is 1,800, right, you'd have to eat 5,300 calories, upwards of 5,300 calories to gain a single pound of fat, right? And then to gain three pounds of fat, you'd have to eat up to, I did some math here, it's like over 12,000 calories in one day. If you've ever so seen what the- 12,000 calories looks like at once, like if you've seen like what The Rock's like cheat meals are, like I know we're all like fit ladies who love yeah. to eat, but like it's real hard to eat that much food, like really it's, hard. It's impossible, right? Yeah. So bringing it back to the day after Halloween when you woke up and the pound, the pound, the scale was up three pounds, you did not eat 12,000 calories in that day. Most people did not, right? So it's all kind of bringing that back to perspective of like, okay, what is actually happening? Am I aware of this? Are five days out of 61 days going to cause me to gain tons and tons of fat? No. Like you could probably eat, you know, 5,000 calories in those three to five days and be like not even gain that much. Because also we have to realize too that just because 3,500 calories, whatever rough estimate is a pound of fat that doesn't mean that you're actually absorbing all those calories. There's things that also happen in your body that you're not really aware of. So like thermic effect of food, the more you eat, the higher that goes up, right? 
Um, not all of the calories you intake is nece necessarily going to store in the body. So fiber, things like that. Um, and then you probably with the extra energy, you're probably going to move a little bit more than you would maybe, you know, over the course of the next few days, because you have a little bit of extra energy, especially if you are, if you have been restricting, right? So anyway, with all that being said, all the nerdy math stuff, just kind of putting the awareness to the forefront and putting things into perspective and realizing that like you can splurge on three to five days out of these 60 days and not a lot will happen. It's what you do on the other 55, 56, whatever <laughs> days. That's where that's where it matters most, right? So, okay, I'm gonna just shut up because I've been talking for too long. Ashley, go. <laughs> Good math. Good math, Rachel, appreciate it. Um, but I do yes. think the point, one of the points that I wanna just like, again, reiterate, cause it's something even I don't really think about when I was thinking about like the math of this, um, is the idea of like 3,500 calories, potentially, it doesn't even mean that's gonna make you gain a pound of, of fat, but like it has mm -hmm. to be above your like resting energy expenditure, which is anywhere from, you know, 1,800 to 2,500 or more, whatever. Um, because, you know, the average person, if I'm eating 2,000 calories a day, it would be probably pretty easy for me to up it to 3,500 plus on one of these like special occasion days, right? Um, mm -hmm. But that's 35 total. That's not plus. 35 plus my 2,000, you know what I mean? So it's just, that's something yeah. it's interesting to think about too. And it's, again, it shows why one or two big meals does not have an effect. It's a cup, one or two big meals every other day for three months. That has an effect. Yeah. That is how you slowly see weight gain over time if that's something you're trying to avoid. And that leads into the second point that we want to talk about, starting some of this more like tangible tactical stuff for how to avoid going off the rails around the holidays is paying attention to your environment. And I know I have um, a friend on this call, Tiff, um, who is not showing her face right now, but she is gonna know what I'm talking about here about paying attention to your environment because I go home for the holidays to where my family and my in-laws live and we usually stay with them and we're usually there yeah tiff's listening we're usually there for like two <laughs> weeks we go home and see our family and spend time with them and i love my in-laws they're amazing one of the things they do is they provide a lot of food for their kids coming to visit and it's not one day it's not christmas day food it's all day every day for two weeks straight food everywhere and there have been holidays where i've gone home and like laid down the law and did exactly what we're talking about which is enjoy the treats when it's treat time and enjoy real food the rest of the time and i've also had times where i did not pay very good attention to my environment and i tell myself all kinds of good stories like after today you know no more of this chocolate no more of this cookies that's it that's done and then two weeks later i'm just sitting on the couch holding my guts eating more cookies because it's there because it's the environment that i'm in and i think it's holiday and i think it's vacation even though it's two weeks long and i do it every single christmas and you know something that rachel we were talking about before it's like you just because it's there doesn't mean you have to eat it but we know how psychology works we know how our brains around sugar and tempting food works if it is there we probably will eat it so it's like setting these boundaries for yourself and being proactive. So for me, again, using myself as the example, I know that food's gonna be there when I go home for the holidays. We could tell our in-laws, our parents with love and say, guys, we would really like if you would maybe not have as much chocolate and cookies around for the holidays. And we're gonna get home and guess what? 
chocolate and cookies everywhere. It's just reality, right? Like we only have so much control over that. So we then have to create the boundaries and say like, what do I want from this two weeks? Do I want to eat chocolate every day until I kind of feel like crap and I am pissed off that I didn't do what I said I was going to do? Or am I going to set some like loving, realistic boundaries around this very tempting time? And proactively and maybe discuss it with your partner, discuss it with the people in your family, the people who are around you all the time and say, look, I can't wait to have this big, beautiful, delicious meal and then a, a dessert and then on Boxing Day, I'm going to do it again. And then that's it, you know, but it's like the awareness. Okay, you guys don't have Boxing Day. Okay, anyway, holidays, whatever. Um, so yeah We're so tiff tiff is sending a message here about how she is like she she goes to the in-laws too she's like never left without like bringing treats home with her so again it's like we are all adults here we know what the holidays bring so instead of looking at it with this fatalistic like oh boy here we go again like i just know it's gonna be all these parties i'm gonna drink more than i want and i'm gonna feel like crap and i'm gonna eat for three days straight and then i'm gonna be i'm not gonna want to go to the gym like you know what's coming you see it ahead of you so instead of pretending you're powerless or instead of you know subscribing to this like cyclical like oh i'll just get after it in, the, in january again you don't have to you don't have to let any of this derail you but you and you can also enjoy it it doesn't have to be one or the other it doesn't have to be you skipping holiday meals because you have goals it just means like speaking to what rachel was saying like an awareness of how our bodies actually work we're not actually going to gain a few pounds with one or two meals, but we have to have an awareness and we have to set proactive plans in place um, and boundaries around what we're going to do. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that your boundary has to be the same as mine. Maybe you are going to have a little dessert every day for four or five days around the holidays. Maybe that's what you've decided. But plan it ahead of time, because if you're left to your own devices and your own willpower in the face of all of this temptation over and over again, you know, temptation often wins out around the holidays, especially if the people around you are all doing it, right? Um, so yeah, so that's kind of paying attention Fear to pressure. your environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to um, talk about what's next? I think you hit, you hit yeah. on all that for that category. Um, okay. This kind of piggybacks off off of that but just kind of thinking about and this isn't just with the holidays this really kind of changed honestly changed my life from just more awareness more perspective is adopting more of that abundance mindset over scarcity mindset right and realizing that just because it's the holidays just because it's thanksgiving or christmas the food is always going to be there right even if it's like your grandmother's creamed corn casserole that you get once a year right is that a if real you, one for you um or do you just make do you just pull anymore, that out of your head because cream corn sounds can we just do can i because i just want some, <laughs> i want you guys to like be interactive can you guys all just put a thing in the message if you have ever had creamed corn slash like it or if you think it's disgusting because the idea of it sounds kind of gross to me i don't well, know Well, you hate corn and that's why i chose I, it i hate um, baby corn i don't hate adult corn anyway does anybody else have feelings about cream okay cream corn is amazing yes thank Tolerable. you never Tolerable. okay whatever anyway <laughs> sorry i, I like just... cream corn casserole okay and the point of this <laughs> creamed corn scares point, me i like it emily what at like this it. point is 
that if you really, really want that cream corn casserole, you will find a way to make it when it's not Thanksgiving Day, right? So basically what I'm trying to say is that the food is always going to be there. There's always going to, you are you can always find a way to to eat that food, to find that food, to make that food, whatever it is. It's not going anywhere. So if you can get out of the, oh my gosh, like I'm only going to be able to have this, this one time I need to eat the entire casserole dish worth of cream corn casserole because this is the only type can have it. That is the mindset that is scarcity. That's like, I can only have this at this point in time, but we know that that's not reality, right? You can go out and go to the store and get your cream corn casserole and get ingredients and make that whenever you but want. Why would you? No, I'm kidding. Anyway, mm-hmm. so this is just, it's just kind of thinking about that. And, and that goes for anything, even aside from the holidays too. It's like whenever you go to, you know, a certain event or a wedding or something like that, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, you have to eat everything because it's in front of you or like the buffet is never going to be there again. It's that is the scarcity mindset. So if mm-hmm. we can adopt more of that abundance mindset and get out of that scarcity mode, that changes everything because it allows you to become more aware right mm-hmm. and it, it's all going to come back to the awareness side of things it's always going to come back to that and having that perspective um so that's just you know another point to think about right and if you can keep that at the top of your mind if you can continue to remind yourself of that it's going to allow you to not you know overindulge or eat till you literally can't breathe and then you wake up the next morning and you feel like absolute crap right so that's what we want to to get away from. And and that's not saying you can't enjoy yourself and eat till you're stuffed and whatever. You can absolutely do that. But for most people, eating till they're absolutely stuffed and feeling like crap is not um not the most enjoyable thing the next yeah. day. Um so that's one point and then to kind of piggyback off of that you control what you put in your mouth, right? What you eat does not have any effect on anybody else except for you so that's another thing too like the peer pressure the pressure from your grandmother who's saying hey like you know eat my pecan pie like why are you taking such a small piece you look so skinny (laughs) eat eat a second plate yeah (laughs) yeah come on like what are you doing yeah so that that peer pressure that's another that's another kind of thing where it's like you have to allow yourself to say no and to realize like what you're doing like when you eat that pecan pie like no it doesn't affect anybody else but you um and so that's another thing to just kind of think about too like you can you control what you're putting in your mouth nobody else right Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's that's a little harsh but it's it's really true and if you really think about it it's like okay, like who cares what other other people are thinking? Who cares? Like grandma will get over it if you don't eat her freaking pecan pie. She'll get over it. She'll probably forget about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. See, pecan pie, I would it. go out of my way to eat that. Cream corn, not not as much. Really? Um, I'm not, I don't even oh, know. I'm not delicious. even a pecan person. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's worth mentioning here too that this scarcity mindset is something that I think is often born from uh like people who are really into fitness, like people who maybe have done like very restrictive diets for goal setting or for a sport even or whatever, like that kind of mindset of like very laser focused, really 100% strict on their diet for this end goal can often create this negative side effect of like really demonizing certain foods or like placing, um, you know, 
personal moral traits to like messing up and eating something that isn't great. And like, it's again, it's that idea that certain food is bad and we have to, we have to get past it. Yes, certain foods are bad for each of us individually because they make us feel bad. We might have physical reactions that are unpleasant or they may have the impact, a negative impact on how we feel, our energy, our sleep, um, our overall goals. But a food isn't evil and you're not evil for eating it, right? So if we can get past this, like we have to eat perfectly all the time and then this one time that we're allowed to let up, we have to just shovel it all in because it's the one time we're loud like we it's i know it's very difficult to get out of that mindset and you know i think probably most of us have been there um but the faster we can get out of that and like you said realize any day we're adults it's beautiful we can go any to any bakery anytime <laughs> we want and get whatever the hell we want to eat we don't have to eat them all Cream corn right now <laughs> oh god okay and that also i think we're just gonna maybe if we just want to skip around rachel a little bit because it kind of leads into like you were saying that you know, whatever we eat, it really only impacts us. It's really only our business um, goes into another tactic potentially that I have kind of mixed feelings about, but it's like, bring your own food, make your own food. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that again, it depends, right? If you are for whatever reason in the middle of training for something sports specific, bodybuilding, photo shoot, whatever, I don't know what kind of masochist would do that over the holidays, but if you are for some reason, have a goal where you need to eat really strictly over the holidays, you may need to make different preparations. If you're going to a place where you know they're eating food that like you're um, intolerant to, or that's gonna make you really not feel well, maybe you do have to bring your own stuff. It's like the same, like if a vegan came to dinner at my house, they'd probably have to bring some vegetables because I'm maybe not gonna have a whole lot of stuff for them. I don't know. But I don't necessarily think that that's something you have to do. Um, to you know, stick to your goals. And I think that if you do decide to do it, the biggest mistake you can make is like making a big deal out of it, right? Because yeah, maybe we do have the grandma who's gonna like get on our ass because we're not eating enough dessert. Or maybe we um, do have friends who are gonna peer pressure us into like having an extra drink because we're out and I haven't seen you in a while. But like, it's, again, it's, it's us. Like we're the ones who make a big deal out of, oh, I have to eat differently because I'm doing this thing and I have this goal and like, I really don't want to eat gluten or whatever. Like if you just kind of, it's your plan, you decided it, you chose it, you're bringing some food specific to your friend's house or to a potluck or whatever. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Just eat it and enjoy it. It was your yeah. choice and people will get over it. You know, <clears throat> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to piggyback off that too, you can also like something that <clears throat> like say you are like on a strict protocol or whatever and you want to follow through that you have a strict goal and you you know don't want to eat something right or whatever you it's okay to also like say a white lie and just be like i'm either intolerant to this or i'm allergic to this or whatever if someone's asking like why are you eating this it's okay to just say that if you don't want to like have a full conversation about mm -hmm. what you're specifically doing. Like I do that sometimes I'm like, you know, I, I'm not intolerant to, to many things, but like, for example, if I don't want to eat something and, or I'm at, if I'm at a restaurant or whatever, I'll just say like, I can't have this because it makes me really sick. Like I, I can't have it. Um, or you can even just go, <laughs> go as far as being like, this makes me deathly ill. If I have any of this, like, no, you don't do that. But it's like it's okay if you don't want to have that conversation if you don't want to make it a big deal just say like i 
don't want to have this because it makes me feel like shit and be done with it. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. Right. Because people like if you say that to someone, they'll be like, oh, OK. Versus if you're like, oh, well, I'm prepping for this show and this thing and I got to do this and that and this. And then they're like, oh, wait, but it's only one day like you should have this. Right. Then you don't have to go down that whole conversation rabbit hole and whatever. If you want to do that, do that. But mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with like a little white lie. Right. Yep. Especially when people so. are being annoying. Um, <laughs> like Kelsey says, yeah. I do that all the time with alcohol when I'm being pressured. It always works. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Like, Same. And that, I do that too. That actually brings up another point because that's one of the tactical strategic points that we have here is like managing those liquid calories, right? Which usually around the holidays often means booze um, and delicious, mm -hmm. sugary, rich, boozy beverages. But I mean, even... I don't know, probably I would guess a lot of you guys aren't necessarily on the like Starbucks Frappuccino train, but like it's very easy to drink calories and not notice. Um, and that's like 101 for folks who are trying to be more mindful about their food is minimizing those liquid calories because you're not chewing that you're not chewing those liquid calories. So your body isn't even registering you're not digesting it the same way as you would like a high calorie food that's taking some time to go through your digestive system right you can just pound booze milkshakes like frappuccinos whatever you can that can go down so easily and you're not noticing that that's hundreds and hundreds of calories that you're like not paying attention to so um you know again it's all personal um what how much you like to drink or not drink around the holidays but the reality is if you're trying to like hedge your bets and not gain weight and you know feel as good as you can um minimizing the booze right and then of course the practical like if you're gonna go out and have a couple drinks make sure you're drinking water with it make sure you've eaten some protein make sure you've eaten some food um you know, try to like minimize the hangover situation that's gonna happen later. Another special trick, I don't know if you guys are in on this, but charcoal pills, um, you guys know about this? You can get them at like any, you know, pharmacy or like, I don't know, Whole Foods or whatever, um, but they help kind of suck up any any nastiness that you have um, imbibed into even food. Like if you eat like a big meal of something greasy that you like know is gonna kind of make you feel like crap, but also booze, um, charcoal just kind of absorbs and sucks it up and helps you wash it out. So again, this isn't like a hangover cure, um, but if you know you're gonna have a drink or two and you normally don't and you're like worried like, ah, this is gonna kind of make me feel icky tomorrow, couple charcoal pills um, with water before you go to bed, maybe even before you go out um, can be helpful. So there's a little, yeah. a little tip for you too. Um, okay, yeah. we talked about that. Okay, so another very easy practical tip. You guys probably knew this before even the call that we were gonna talk about this. Protein first, guys. That is gonna help um, keep you from overeating the stuff that isn't gonna be as satisfying, isn't gonna be as nutritious, the calorie dense kind of junk that, you know, you, you might enjoy, but you don't want to eat too much of. If you just get that protein in first, you know that your body's like processes are being supported. You know that you're like managing, um, keeping all of the like good amino acids and nutrition that's going to keep your like muscles going over the holidays. You're going to feel good. It's the most important macronutrient. Um, just get the protein in first and do that even with your uh, indulgent meals. Like, you know, if you're having a massive big turkey dinner or something like get that turkey in before you crush 
too much cream, cream corn. Um, you know, get the get the protein in first. It's it's important, and do that even like before and after your meals. If you know you're gonna have this big indulgent meal tonight, and it's gonna be like in my case, I'm gonna wait for the desserts. Just protein, protein, protein all day. Um, you're not going to you're not gonna eat like you're not gonna have. The craving won't be as intense, right? You're going to be satisfied, so you won't maybe... Like, I know a lot of people, and I used to do this, I would hedge completely and just be like, I'm not going to eat anything. And we can talk about, Rachel, maybe you can talk about the fasting piece. For me, that doesn't really work. Like, I don't really want to not eat until I have this big meal. Like, I feel like that makes me more uncomfortable and more likely to overindulge. But what I will do is eat, like, maybe even more like a carnivore-style diet for, like, the day leading up to it. Like if I know I'm going to eat this huge amount of carbs and maybe desserts or whatever, I'm just eating protein the rest of the day. Um, I wouldn't do that all the time, but it sort of helps balance out, um, you know, the, the calories over the week, over the month, you know. Um, what do you think about that? Because I know you do talk about fasting a little bit. Yeah. So I think that comes down to like some of the tactical strategies that you can implement maybe week of, day of, things like that. And that's things that like all work through with with clients like, okay, how do we plan your week for success? If, especially if you are trying to stay within a specific calorie goal for the week, you know, and you do have a specific timeline for your goal and, you know, it's Thanksgiving, you're like, I want to enjoy the day. I don't want to be tracking anything, whatever. It's like, all right, let's set you up for success from the get-go, right? Um, we know that calories don't reset overnight. We have, there's so many different strategies that you can implement when it comes to calorie cycling. So just kind of looking at the week um, and maybe, you know, pulling back a little bit in the beginning of the week, not crazy. And from a we have to be careful with this because there is a mindset piece of it where it's like, again, it comes back to the restriction side of it. If we can look at it in a more like, okay, I'm doing this proactively and I'm planning for this and I have a strategy behind it versus I'm restricting so that I can go all out on Thanksgiving day, right? We have to kind of separate the two. So if you go into, for example, Thanksgiving week, you have a strategy where you're going into the week and you're like, all right, you know, Monday through Wednesday, I'm kind of in my normal routine. I'm doing my normal thing. I'm going to pull back a little bit pull back maybe a few hundred calories. Um, maybe I don't eat the, I don't know, chocolate dessert at night or whatever. Or maybe I just have a little bit less at each meal, right? Calories don't reset overnight, right? We can kind of it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? You, you you have a little bit more to work with on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and then kind of the same thing to think about, you know, a little bit after that too. I like to, like if I'm going to calorie cycle for a week like Thanksgiving or Christmas, I like to do it proactively. So that Monday through Wednesday, right, for Thanksgiving versus retroactively like afterwards, because I think the after part starts to turn starts to kind of toe that line with the restriction like oh man i just overate completely on thanksgiving now i'm gonna like restrict 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 right versus if you go into it proactively and you're like yes i i set myself up for success i'm feeling really good um, i did what i said what i was gonna do and it's more of that plan that strategy right so that's one thing um another thing to think about too like with day of is to think and this goes down to this comes back to like any any event, any anything that you're at, whether it's a holiday or whatever, thinking about the emotional value of the meal, right? So for most people, Thanksgiving is the biggest meal um, that happens typically in the afternoon or the evening, right? And there's a lot of emotional 
component to that, right? So you're sitting out with your family, you're enjoying the food, all of that. So maybe it's like, okay, for breakfast and lunch, I'm not going to like, I'm just going to kind of eat, like you said, mostly protein, right? Maybe it's protein and veggies. Maybe it's a little bit lower calorie um, to make more room for that meal that you're going to get a lot of emotional value from. Um, and it's just kind of thinking about, again, the strategy behind that and going into it proactively, right? So those are like a few strategies. Again, calorie cycling, definitely different ways to do that. Um, you can think about potentially implementing you know, like on Thanksgiving, if you are someone who does well with some fasting, like that's a strategy that you can implement where maybe you just push off breakfast. Um, like what I like to do is kind of push off breakfast. I'll have like a big protein kind of veggie meal around lunch, like noonish. Usually we eat like Thanksgiving dinner around like five. Um, so I'll push off breakfast a little bit, go on like a long walk, whatever workout. Um, and then I'll have like a, a really protein dense meal with just some volume veggies, right? Very low calorie. And then I'm going into, you know, I'm not starving going into Thanksgiving meal, but I have something in my stomach. I feel good. Um, so that's just another thing to kind of think about is just, again, like, do you have strategy behind it? Are you proactively planning for it? Do you like think about the emotional value that you're taking from the certain meals that you have, because you're not going to get a lot of emotion, emotional value typically from breakfast or lunch on Thanksgiving day, right? It's that dinner meal. Mm. Same with Christmas, same with whatever other, you know, event that you're having. So mm -hmm. just a few things to think about. One more note on the fasting too. Like I know some women enjoy it. Um, some women have a good time with it. Some women, not so much. And um, I don't think there's anything wrong with not fasting. I think you can be perfectly healthy and enjoy a, a very good body composition without ever really doing any fasting whatsoever. But it is interesting. It's like useful to think about it around the holidays that like, certainly if you haven't been fasting around the holidays is not the time to start. Because even if you are good at fasting, even if your body's used to it and likes it, and you can do these 20 hour, 24 hour fasts every now and then, it's not going to go too well with like fasting and then eating some like giant bolus of like sugar and carbs like your body's not gonna like that like usually people who do well with fasting are people who are high protein high fat lower carb um you're not dealing with like the blood sugar spikes and rises and falls of like a carb filled diet anyway so if you normally fast or even if you normally don't like maybe incorporating longer more intense fasts intermittently between these super high calorie, higher carb meals isn't a good time to do it. So again, I'm not telling you not to fast. If you do it, if you do like daily kind of intermittent fasting and that works for you, great. But if you're thinking to yourself, like, I know I'm going to eat all these big meals. Maybe I should just try like not eating between them and then crushing these big meals. Like that's probably not, probably not the best approach. This like high protein in between is probably a better approach because mm. you're not starving yourself. You're not going to have these um, carb crashes in between because you're supporting, you know, what your body needs. Um, anyway, you're so, also going to end up in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's could be unpleasant on a whole, whole number of factors, <sighs> even sleep and stuff. Um, and I do think, again, yeah. I, I feel like I like harp on this a lot, but it's because I come from like a bodybuilding background where I had very, again, like really night and day kind of views towards um, eating that I feel like a lot of like type A 
in, you know, hardcore fitness women think like, okay, well, that fasting thing you just talked about, that little rant, like, yeah, that wouldn't work for other people, but like, I can grit through it. Like I can push through it. And I think we all have these feelings that like stuff doesn't apply to us because we can just like grit our teeth and like get through it. But like, that's not what we want to do for the holidays, right? We want to just we want to enjoy the time, like Rachel was saying, like we want to enjoy these meals. Ultimately, they've sort of become this gluttonous thing, especially in like the media or whatever. But really what they are is like people getting together and like enjoying each other's company. That's kind of the first and foremost thing. And if you're spending so much time like doing these calculations, like, OK, well, I'm eating this meal, so I'm not going to eat for another 24 hours. And if I eat, I'm only going to eat this and I'm only going to have that. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, that's just it's not it's kind of defeating the purpose. We really want to just, the whole purpose of the holiday should be enjoying time with our family, but like relaxing a little bit, like not having to do so much mental gymnastics to justify how we're eating or how we're not eating. And I think that's why like one of the main pieces that we're trying to talk about is like, have plans, like have ideas and don't go into things reactively, but you don't have to, you really don't have to be so on point and so perfect and so strict to get the results that you want. And sometimes easing up a little bit will actually have, give you a better outcome than being obsessive because being intense and obsessive and perfectionist can sometimes lead to burnout, binging, giving up, like, freaking out a little bit because we're tired of it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, maybe I'm just kind of speaking to myself a little bit too much here, but I'm just saying like it's sometimes it's just like just ease up like it's again, it's consistency. It's consistency, mindfulness, enjoying yourself. That is going to bring you out of the holidays in a better place than going into it with like gritted teeth. Like, how am I going to get through this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I have one more like this is like another day of tactic um, that I typically use uh, for myself too. Um, it's like the one plate per course uh, rule. So basically, you know, instead of at least when I'm celebrating holidays with the family, we always have like appetizers and things that are out just like constantly for hours before even the main meal. Um, so the kind of one plate per course rule is like with, you know, the appetizers, the main meal, the, the dessert, you get one plate and you fill it up, right? Um, Because especially when it comes to the things that are just kind of there, like the cheese and crackers, the chips, like if you put a plate of cheese and crackers in front of me and I'm just standing around, maybe drinking some alcohol and enjoying that, whatever, like I'm going to eat a lot of freaking cheese and crackers (laughs) if I don't pay attention to it. Um, So I might eat them all. Um, So kind of having that, again, I'm going to say it a million times, but it's the awareness of that and like forcing yourself to bring that awareness to the forefront, right? So if you're aware of it, if you're like, all right, I'm going to take this, you know, small appetizer plate, I'm going to fill it up. And that's what I'm having. Like, I'm not going to go picking at the the, everything else that's in front of me for the next three hours, because you're not going to be aware of that. And it's just going to, you're probably going to go a little overboard there. And again, if you're trying to control these things a little bit more, implement the strategies and the tactics to make it easier on you right don't use your don't rely on your willpower don't rely on that rely on the actual strategy and tactic to do it so one plate per meal rule is a great one and that's same with like the the actual meal itself right so having a full plate filling it up and not going back for seconds right that is something that can be great because a lot of people are tempted to go back for seconds just because, right? You're yeah. literally, for most people, you get a 
big ass plate of Thanksgiving food, you sit down, you eat it. You probably don't need seconds, especially if you fill that thing up. Right. But other people are going back for seconds. It's all there. Like you're in scarcity mindset. You're never going to have this cream cord casserole again. (laughs) (laughs) So you need more of it. Right. So implement the one plate per meal rule. And then for dessert, same thing. Like there's probably, I, I know at my house, we have like 10 different types of pie. You want to taste those 10 different types of pie, do it, take a sliver of each, fit it on that plate and that's it. Yeah. Right. So one plate per meal rule is a great way. And you can use that for anything. Um, it's a great way to, again, just have a little bit more awareness behind what you're actually consuming. Um, and just, yeah, just makes things easier. That's one of the ones I'm actually going to implement that I normally don't because I'm terrible with that. I literally will have like, I don't know what I'm thinking. Like I put like one, I put like, I feel like half a plate. Like I think that's what I'm going to eat. Like who, who am I even kidding? And then I go back up like three times. It's ridiculous. So I'm actually going to try that one. I'll let you know how it goes. Fill that plate up, like pile it on, Yeah, but then don't go back. Yeah. Okay. We have one more just quick one to talk about. So if anybody has any questions and it, you know, it can be loosely based on the topics today, but if there's anything sort of related, anything you want to ask or talk about, um, or strategies that you have that, yeah, or anything we haven't talked about. Um, the only other kind of big one, and we sort of mentioned it earlier, but it's, it's movement, right? So I'd be interested, even if any of you guys want to share again, like around the holidays, do you feel like, because Rachel was saying like our bodies, when we eat more, we do our bodies want to offset that maybe by, you know, the thermogenic effect of food, but also us maybe moving more. But I know lots of people who are like, when I eat huge meals, all I want to do is lie on the couch. Like I move less. Mm -hmm. And then of course it's the holidays and maybe you're traveling and maybe you don't have your gym and maybe you, you know, are on vacation mode. Living Canada where it's freezing. Listen, I go to the gym more in the winter because I have nothing else to do because it's minus a million outside. But anyway, yeah, some people don't like to work out as much, whatever. But like, I know some people, um, you know, they again, like work this into their lifestyle where they're like, I'm going to eat more. So I'm going to use those calories and go crush workouts. And then some people are like, the last thing I want to do after a turkey dinner is go for a walk. I want to sit on my butt, right? But that movement will absolutely not only help offset, you know, the extra calories, but it's good for your digestion. It's good for your mood. It's good for your sleep. It's good for everything. Like we cannot underestimate ever how good it is to go for walks, to go outside, get some fresh air and move around, play with kids or your cousins or your dogs or your pets or whatever, like go out and do stuff. Um, But do you guys, like, do you guys find that you do that? Do you move more when you have big meals? Do you move less? Do you have a harder time moving around the holidays? Like, I'd be interested to hear from you guys. because I know that's one of the tools that I actually enjoy. I definitely try to move more when I'm eating more, but I know not everybody does that. So um, let me know what you think. Who, me? You and everybody else that's on the call. Um, I think it's another awareness thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep using that word. But it's also more of a discipline thing, I think, uh, when it comes to, especially like day of, um, like Thanksgiving Day, things like that. It's like having the discipline to get up and go for a walk first thing and get it out of the way. So like for me, if, you know, I'll, I'll usually get a workout in or something like that. But like if your gym's closed or whatever and you, you know, you don't have access to that, just simply getting like a nice long walk in first thing in the morning, getting out of the way. It's it's like starting your day off like that has such a domino effect on everything else you're doing too, right? If you start your day with movement, start your day with like sunshine, all that stuff, it's going to put you in 
a mood that is different than starting your day and just being like, oh, like it's a holiday. I'm just going to lounge around and maybe, you know, just sit on the couch <clears throat> all day. And then you're going to get in again, you're going to get more into that kind of effort mindset where it's like, all right, well, I already just like, you know, I've been sitting on the couch all day. Might as well just have, you know, eat all this food and whatever. I'll start over again tomorrow. Right. So it's again, getting out of that all or nothing, that effort mindset can be so powerful. So just, again, starting your day off with a walk, it can be, um, I said that I just repeated myself five mm -hmm. times, but it can be super get the point. I mean, and one thing for me too is like, <laughs> during the holidays, if I'm eating too much and I feel sluggish and I feel crappy, and I also know that it's literally my mind telling me like, oh, you're a big slothy grossness yeah. now because you've eaten, even though I'm like, nothing has changed. I just feel gross mm -hmm. and sluggish and whatever throw on a hoodie, go to the gym and just do some deadlifts or something. Like you don't have to go do some like involved Metcon or go for a run when you're feeling crappy and sluggish and gross, like go lift some weights. Like you might yeah. be, you might with be surprised heavy. at how your performance is with those extra calories, but mm -hmm. like, it also feels good. Like when you don't necessarily want to do a ton of like high impact movement or whatever, because yeah, yesterday you ate 6,000 calories, like just go like, bench press, like go do a couple squats. Yeah. Like it will make you feel so much better mentally and physically. You're still getting a workout in. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, some big thing. Um, yeah. Also make it like a family affair, right? Like, so get your family in on it because mm -hmm. that is, you know, also going to help just everybody feel good, but also will be more of like a bonding thing too, right? Yeah. Kelsey says she lives in Wisconsin and it's dark and freezing at 7 p.m. And I can relate. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> All you got to do is listen to a great podcast in your ears while you go for a walk. I know a good one. You guys are on it right now. Um, Victoria talks about, she says, traveling often gets me off track in terms of working out. That is very relatable. Um, I know Rachel has a good um, at least maybe a couple, but maybe we can put this in the show notes or you can send it an email, but like a download for like travel workouts that are like super mm -hmm. easy circuit things you can do at home. Um, that's super yeah. helpful, but, um, and it's also great. Like I know I have a gym that's like a national gym. So there's like, you know, it's like countrywide. So there's like always a gym kind of close by that I can go to. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's like do a couple push-ups and squats in your room and go for walks. Like it doesn't have to be anything huge right it's like that maintenance really doesn't have to be as much as you think it does mm -hmm. um emily says i find that just getting outside for 10 minutes is really powerful stress relief yes mm -hmm. because sometimes extended family gatherings can be stressful yes uh it's a better way for me to decompress than eating a bunch of food that'll just make me feel lethargic also it helps me feel more mindful when i eat it because i know how i'll feel if i overdo it that's, I mean, that's beautiful. That's perfect. And yes, yeah, sometimes going for a walk is mental health because you're doing it not with your family. <laughs> Counterpoint to Rachel, getting your family vibes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes doing stuff without your family is exactly what the doctor ordered. And knowing that is a good thing. Um, yeah. All right, folks, well, we're coming close to the end here. I know a couple of people are dropping off because it is nighttime, at least where I am. Um, but I think we, we, basically covered it we're going to send yeah, you guys everything we're going to send you guys a follow-up email with the recordings you can if you if anybody had to go or missed anything and we've also got a great last discount right of the year mm -hmm. for muscle science for women for anybody who hasn't taken it yet we're going to do one quick temporary big discount um before the end of the year if anybody wants to take it that could also help you get through the holidays because 
you'll have us yeah. to talk to and a great workout program. Um, so we'll send that to you in an email. Um, but if anybody has anything else they want to say, or if not, you know, we appreciate you guys being here and being a part of the podcast. Um, you're going to be a part of it when it comes out live in a couple of weeks. It comes out. Yeah. yeah it's going to be before the end yeah. of the year. This one will come out. Um, that's it. Does you have anything else you want to add, Rachel? Nope. Just eat that cream corn casserole Ugh. if you like the cream corn. Don't. <laughs> Listen, you, cream corn versus mint chocolate chip. Can we just call this chip. episode cream corn casserole? She, she told me that mint chocolate chip is disgusting. Ugh. She's over here eating cream. Yeah. Ca- I, I can't. I, can. I can't with you. I okay? can't do How are we friends? And, yeah. How are we friends? I don't know. I, don't know. I guess because we both like working out. All right, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much right. for being here. Thanks for hanging out. Um, we appreciate you. If you have any like comments, suggestions, anything you want to hear in a future um, podcast, send us a message. And um, that's it. Take care. Bye.